0: Okay, welcome back into Pad the Stats. Uh, Happy to have you back in with us tonight. Um, The last podcast that we did, we touched on um, our our Dynasty draft, rounds one through four and then five through eight. I'm going to get back into that probably next week for you. Um, But tonight I wanted to to do a little something different. So I brought on a friend tonight, and hopefully he'll be doing some work with us moving forward as well. Uh, He's just going to go by Haas because... I felt like that was the most appropriate fantasy football analyst name, and that's what everybody calls him anyway. So real name's Corey, but we're going to call him Haas. And like I said, hopefully Haas will be joining us from time to time to give us some analysis. So without further ado, Haas, how's it going tonight?
1: Oh, it's good. You know, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, of course. I'm uh, excited.
1: You know, never done this before, but uh, yeah, love fantasy football. What can go wrong? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're big into it. So give our listeners just a little bit of a um, look into how many leagues do you currently do on a year to year basis?
1: Uh, usually I do about three. Uh, well, actually, last year I got down to two, and I try to keep them all a little bit different. I know you do a, a dynasty league. Uh, which I've never done, Um, but we usually do yearly leagues. And then one of my leagues is uh, you get to keep one keeper. Uh, Another one of my leagues is it's a half point per completion. So quarterbacks obviously get a little bit more. And then the third league is you draft three defensive players, uh, one D lineman, one linebacker, one safety, instead of a whole defense. Uh, So you you want guys to get like uh, a lot of tackles. That's something you can bank on. Sacks are at a premium. Uh, and then interceptions, I mean, you really didn't want like a shutdown corner because, you know, they never go their way. You know, they're never going to get a tackle. Um, but, yeah, it's just ch- changing it up a little bit, you know, here and there, it kind of gets uh, gets old playing the same same format in uh, yeah, three different leagues. You know, you just want to mix it up.
0: Yeah, and I, I love the ID for, IDP format. Uh, we use that in our 14-man redraft league, PPR league. We, we do the same format, basically, uh, defensive back, linebacker. Um, right, and uh, a D lineman. And I really like that more so than the team defense. We're try- still trying to get everybody to get kickers out of the league because I don't know yeah. how you feel, but I just don't believe in kickers.
1: No, no. It's my last pick every draft, you know, uh, and he's your first drop. You know, he goes on bye yeah. uh, I'm not holding on to Dan Bailey the whole year. You know, I'm not taking him. I'm not taking the first kicker. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, uh, that's just me uh, I'm with you, though.
0: Uh, look. Just drop kickers out of your league, people. Seriously, <laughs> get them out of your league because it's it's an eight or ten or twelve point. Just I I don't want to say it's luck, but it's just added on points that I think are the stupidest thing. So no kickers. We don't we. I'm not a proponent of it, but hey, Steven do D- Gaskowski
1: does not win you
0: leagues. He right. doesn't do it. Don't do it. Yes, exactly. I'm with you there. Okay, let's yeah. let's get into this. So I said we were going to do a little bit different show than uh, what we had in the previous couple times with kind of recapping our draft and give us some analysis on our Dynasty draft. Um, I wanted to focus on, I, I saw an article the other day, and I don't know if it was on Fantasy Pros or Roto-Wire, one of those, where they were going over guys who were going to be in their second year this year. So, you know, guys from the 2017 draft who were high profile guys coming out of college first First round picks, second round picks, um, either either had a big rookie season and were looking to see what they can do in their second season and moving forward, or guys like John Ross, Corey Davis, guys like just have not did just didn't really do much in their rookie season, whether it be because of injury and they got on the field late, like Mike Williams, who I believe only played 10 games, or for whatever reason, they the opportunity just didn't come arise in their rookie season. So I want to look at some of these guys, you know, like I said, either they were, they really performed well in their first year. And we want to see kind of what their value is, if they can keep that going in their second season, whether that be in redraft leagues or in dynasty leagues, or some of our guys who, Hey, we're looking to see, are these guys for real? Do they warrant the value that they were drafted at? Or, you know, can they live up to that value that they were drafted at in you know, say the top 10 of the NFL draft from last year. So let's get into our second round, our sophomore guys for the 2018 season. Haas, I'm going to start off here with the number two pick from the 2017 draft, Mitch Trubisky. So everybody's Uh expecting big things from Trubisky this year. We really didn't expect the Bears to move up as far as they did to go get him in last year's draft. They moved all the way up to two. I know I can't remember exactly what they gave up, but it was a ton. Um, He did get some experience last year, started in 12 games. Numbers weren't great. 77.5 passer rating, seven touchdowns, seven picks. Completion percentage was under 60%. Um, I I did see, you know, of any quarterback, minimum of 300 pass attempts, he ranked dead last in fantasy points, 14 and a half per game. Now, granted, that offense was not good. They didn't have a lot of playmakers around him last year. Now, but, but they did a lot to kind of overhaul that this season so i'm i just want to ask you do we think that mitch trubisky is going to live up to a second overall pick do we think that he can be a fantasy relevant not just a fantasy relevant quarterback but maybe a qb1 on the map as soon as this season you know uh it breaks my heart uh, he's a mentor kid you know
1: i'm i'm from Northeast Ohio. Uh, I'm the only person listening. To my family from PA. Uh, I'm I getting the, the sense. Kid.
0: I'm getting the sense that you're not behind him already. I'm
1: not. I'm <laughs> not. Uh, I'm just. I from what I seen last year, uh, and I get it. I get it. Terrible team. Uh, the offense was terrible. Uh, no playmakers. I mean, I like what Tariq Cohen did, uh, and I love Jordan Howard. I do. I think he's a grinder. Um, but no. I don't see Mitchell Trubisky being relevant this year. Um, I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Uh, I think we'll know early though, cause they, they picked up Allen Robinson. They drafted Anthony Miller, uh, Tariq Cohen's in his second year. Um, you know, they, they put the uh, pieces around him. I think we're going to find out relatively early what he is, but, um, and even in, you know, the two quarterback quarterback format with, uh, the dynasty league, you know, you get the super flex and, and whatnot, but, uh, I have him outside the top 24 for QBs. And then, you know, I think you're really struggling if you end up with Trubisky as your second quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Either you went out and got him to make him your second quarterback or uh, other teams picked up a third quarterback to put on the bench before you got your second. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, I mean, that's my I root for the kid. I mean, I remember draft day last year uh, leading up that morning. It was rumored the Browns were taking him at number one. Um yeah. And man, uh, him come, hometown kid coming to Cleveland, uh, it's scary, you know? Uh, I'm glad we went Miles Garrett. I mean, nothing against the kid. Love him. root for him. But yeah, no, I don't see fantasy relevant this year. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't make him my pick. How do you would, feel? It would not be on my roster.
0: How do you feel st- stacking him up against guys that we've seen in multiple seasons? Let me, for example, let me put, like Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston out there. How would you stack him up? Would you rather have him, you know, over <laughs> one of those guys?
1: That's a great question because I'm not high on either one of those two, uh, Mariota or Jameis Winston. Uh, I think Jameis Winston has had ample opportunity with the offensive players around him. Uh, I jumped on him last year thinking he was going to make a big jump. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough division. Uh, Trubisky's in a tough division. You know, the NFC North, I mean, you got the Vikings and Packers going up against uh, Rodgers, and then Vikings just got Kirk Cousins. I mean, even outside of Kirk Cousins, they got a loaded defense and, and offensive playmakers, and then you throw in Matt Stafford of Detroit. Uh, you know, Bears are on the bottom of the totem pole in the NFC North. Uh, but, no, yep. if I had to pick between those three, I mean, he has got one thing going. We don't really know. Um, the, the Bears haven't really handed the keys to him. You know, it, it feels like they're scared to let him kind of run uh, his game or he's trying to find his way. Maybe the game slows down for him this year. So I can buy onto that. He's a younger player. You don't really know yet. I think we know exactly what Mariota and Jameis Winston are. I would uh, agree. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at.
0: I agree. We'll get more into those guys. I have a podcast coming up that will focus a lot around Mariota and Winston in the coming weeks here. Um, I would agree with you. I, You know, We'll see this. I think this is going to be a really telling year for Mitch Trubisky because they added Robinson, Miller, Gabriel, Trey Burton, all the guys that you mentioned. We'll see how much they actually hand the keys to him in the offense. I think it's going to be significantly more. It's just a matter. I think it's a matter of is he good or not? Absolutely. I,
1: I'm 100% with you, and we're gonna find out real early, I think, because Allen Robinson. Uh, last update you know, I got, he was back practicing. He's gonna be ready to go, and I love Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a stud. He's a prototypical number one. Um, we're gonna find out real early, I think,
0: what Trubisky is this year. I agree, and it, just for you know, all of our listeners out there, you know, in terms of maybe some of the other younger quarterbacks, either in this year's draft or in last year's draft when we're talking in terms of dynasty, you know, I would rather, I would definitely rather have somebody like Pat Mahomes over him in a dynasty draft, probably in a redraft league too. I would even, I would even go as far and I'm going to go with your guy here, Haas. I'm going to go Baker Uh Mayfield. I think I would, I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield right now over Mitch Trubisky pretty easily in a dynasty format.
1: What are we, what are we 10 minutes in and we're bringing up my guy, (laughs) Baker beast Mayfield. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I met. I mean, when we saw each other last, I was pleading my case for Baker, and then it actually happened. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I love it. Um, And yeah, we don't know what Baker is either, but boy, was he uh, accomplished coming out of Oklahoma. And I I get it. You know, the college game is different than the pro game. You know, he's got a fresh slate. He hasn't done anything yet, but I'll hitch my wagon to Baker Mayfield. And that was whether if he, he was a Brown
0: or. Wherever he went, uh, I'll hitch my wagon to him. Yeah, I, I like it too. I at first I wasn't as high on him, but I think that um, the I don't, the more I hear, the more I see, I, I kind of like him more and more all the time. So I think him to Cleveland is probably be going to be a good fit. I think it's going to work out in the long run. All I right, let's so. uh, let let's keep this moving along here. So with the fourth pick in last year's draft, the Jags took Leonard Fournette. We kind of know what he did last year. He got a lot of work the jags passing game is you know pretty much non existent we know pretty much who blake bortles is at this point in his career we i th- i would still like to see and i think a lot of people would like to see a little bit more out of Fournette, uh almost 23 and a half touches per game last year so he had he had a lot of work 21 carries a game not quite 4 yards per carry he was banged up a little bit i think he had the foot ankle in issues going on um the one thing that i i noticed too you know he was only 17th in, in red zone rush attempts. So I think that's something that, you know, if I I could see the Jaguars personally, and this really isn't, this is kind of fantasy relevant, but I think from a team perspective, I could see them taking a bit of a step back if they can stay as efficient as they were. And if Blake Bortles can play at least as well as he did last year, which still wasn't great, but I think it was better than some of Blake Bortles performances. I think that actual, that rush number could go up. And I think you could see him have a little bit more opportunities in the red zone as well. Um, just based off the, the amount of work he had last year, I think that's, that could be, that could definitely have the potential to go up and which, you know, would be great to give him some more scoring opportunities as well. Um, Jags have the seventh easiest schedule for running backs in terms of fantasy this year. Now I don't like to play a whole lot off of what team defenses did last year because we, you know personnel changes and defenses change, so but it at least gives us a little bit of an idea of kind of who they're stacking up against. Um, I, I guess Corey I, Haas, Corey, whatever. I guess yeah. my question for you is, and this has kind of been sticking with me, is you know, how much does Blake Bortles's production continue to hinder Leonard Fournette? Do you think that? these teams continue to stack the boxes and that yards per carry average is still going to be relatively low.
1: You know, it's a tough one. Um, Cause I think, you know, Bortles is pretty streaky and we've seen a lot of streaky bad, uh, but he's gone on stretches where, you know, he looks good. Uh, he had that run in the playoffs, you know, he played well against Pittsburgh um, in the playoffs last year, but um, you know, it, it, it's going to hurt. Uh, in the long run, I think. I think, you know, you keep loading the box. Uh, you make Bortles beat you. You know, you make mm-hmm. him put it in the air. Um, and I'm not a Bortles guy. Uh, I don't think anybody is a Bortles guy, honestly. But for the – and it's not just that reason, but I'm not even that big on on Leonard Fournette. Um, I have him a little bit lower in my rankings. Um, and it, it's for a multitude of reasons. It, I mean, that offense, Blake Bortles um, – you know, the yards per carry don't don't really – doesn't hurt me that much. Um, but he's really kind of one-dimensional. You know, he caught – I think he caught 32 balls last year. Um, I just like the top-tier guys a little bit more. I think he's on the bottom end of that, that second tier just mm-hmm. for me. But that's just um, – like I said, it has a lot not to do with him. Uh, it's that offense, uh, Bortles. And, uh, and but yeah, he's gonna right. he's gonna hitch his wagon to Bortles uh, in that box. How many people they put up there?
0: Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit of redraft leagues. Let's just I, I just kind of want to stack him up. So like in a twelve team redraft league, we're not going to take Leonard Fournette over like Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, David Johnson, Todd Gurley. Everybody knows that those are the top four dogs, if you will. But kind of getting into that next tier, you know, Alv- Alvin Kamara. Are you taking? Fournette over Alvin Kamara in, well, let's start with a PPR league. You're probably not taking no. Fournette over Kamara there, right?
1: It's exactly what I thought. And then I, I was actually uh, kind of comparing if it wasn't a PPR. I mean, it's obvious. If a PPR league, you're taking Kamara. But in a non-PPR league, I think I'm still taking Kamara. I love that offense. Sean Payton knows how to use a guy like that. Um, and 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 Kamara does a little bit more than what an average scat back does. You know, he can run between the tackles. Uh, now he's not going to handle two hundred and sixty-eight, you know, rushing attempts. You know, but he can handle his fair share, and he's going to catch what he catch eighty-one balls. Yeah, last year. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. I'll take him in a non-PPR any yeah. day.
0: Yeah, and with Mark Ingram missing the first four games, that that only helps his cause. Absolutely. Okay, what about Kareem Hunt? Let, let, let's stack him up against. First, Kareem Hunt, and then I'll give you Melvin Gordon as well.
1: Uh, I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Uh, And I know Chiefs, you know, they're kind of in a transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. But in my opinion, I'm super high on Patrick Mahomes. I'm really interested to see that Chiefs offense. Uh, You know, uh, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, You still got Spencer Ware there, but I I think he's on the outs. You know, he's coming back from the torn ACL. Uh, I can't see him. Being nothing more than maybe uh give give Hunt a breather, you know. I can't see him eating too many carries off of a uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm excited for that offense. It's young. It's all going to be dependent on what Patrick Mahomes does. Um, but uh, I like Mahomes. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I actually took Mahomes in my two quarterback super flex dynasty league, um, which, like I said, just to all the listeners, I will get back to that recap of that. We're going to do it a little bit different than we did rounds one through eight. Um, but I really like to be, I, I paired Mahomes um, with Carson Wentz actually. And I'm so excited about that. Cause I, I just think that everything that they added and, and I don't want to give too much away because I'm, I have a lot to say about Patrick Mahomes in later right. podcasts and, and all of the weapons that the chiefs added. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that offense is really going to take off this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I would love the offense. It was good with Alex Smith. Alex yeah. Smith actually came along pretty well to be a fantasy-relevant uh, quarterback, you know? Because first couple of years, he was kind of just, you know, he didn't turn the ball over, you know? He was, he was a game manager, as they like to say. But he really put up some numbers
0: here the last couple of years with the Chiefs. Yep. Okay, so the other name I had on the list was Zeke. But after I thought about it, I mean, there's no way you're taking Leonard Fournette no over way. Zeke, right? Okay, no format. No way. Okay. Nope. All right, fair enough. Um the one thing that I did skip over, I did want to go over some notes. So we'll just take a little mid breakdown, a little mid-analysis break here. And I just want to run through some of the league news and notes really quick. Some of these are older from last week. Um we know about the Hunter Henry injury towards ACL, but that does affect things. So when we look at Mike Williams and we'll talk about Mike Williams, I think that, that adds, you know, a little bit more of a boost to his uh, you know, fantasy production, as well as everybody else, Keenan Allen and and Tyra Williams and everybody else as well. Um, but I think that helps Mike Williams a lot. Um, Chargers might look to re-sign Antonio Gates, so just kind of keep an eye out. There's a couple other big tight ends uh, still out there that have been released, you know, from last year that are still out in the market. They could go and get Packers signed Mercedes Lewis. Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's going to be out for all spring practices, still recovering from that rotator cuff injury on February second, um, Chris Herndon looks like he's gonna has probably the inside track to the tight to the the Jets starting tight end job. He's fully healed from his MCL injury. Um, hearing good things from him out of camp. Aaron Jones appeared at OTAs. He had that MCL week seventeen injury, but. The big thing with him is it looks like the MCL is okay. He could still face a suspension for an October incident driving under the influence of marijuana charge. So just keep an eye out for that. See what happens with Aaron Jones. That backfield all year is going to be kind of a mess. We'll talk about that some more. Um, We we don't know who it's going to be. Is it Jamal Williams? Is it Aaron Jones? Ty Montgomery has his role. It's going to be kind of a mess. John Ross, another one we're going to talk about here, him actually in a second. He's healthy and participated in o- OTAs, um, so that's good. Looks like you know everything from the shoulder injury; he's kind of healed up. Tyler Eifert didn't participate in OTAs, but was medically cleared in March. Spencer Ware, who we just talked about, did not practice in OTAs with the knee injury. And the big thing with him is, you know, Andy Reid saying there's no timetable for his return. So keep an eye out on Spencer Ware. Um, we know that you know Kareem Hunt is the guy in the offense in the backfield, but if anything happens to him like it happened to wear last year, you're going to want to know who the chiefs backup running back is. We'll keep you updated on that because that is a big role in that offense. And then Cameron Meredith did not practice either in OTAs, but is ahead of schedule. According to Sean Payton, I think that he could have a possibly a decent role in that offense. We'll see. Uh, we know what Michael Thomas's role is, but I think they're looking for somebody to kind of, you know, accompany him a little bit. Um, We'll see, kind of see what happens there. All right, let's let's uh, let's get back into it. Corey Davis, fifth overall selection from last year to the Tennessee Titans. Haas, we didn't see anything from Corey Davis in year one. What are you expecting in year two? Do you think that he's going to be the guy in the offense, or do you still think that their best receiver is Rashard Matthews?
1: You know, um really tough question because we don't know what Corey davis is
0: at <laughs> yeah, all. it's yeah, a good um, point
1: <laughs> he tore up western michigan uh i mean he tore it up there uh you look at his numbers uh ungodly um uh, but i mean that's college but i mean i think he went for 1500 yards and 19 touchdowns i mean that's that his junior sophomore year were just as good uh unbelievable yep. um Richard matthews you know ah, I drafted him last year. I had high hopes. And then he kind of had a letdown just 2016. He kind of built up, uh, got over hundred targets, uh, caught around 67 balls. Um, I, I, I was buying in, you know, um, I think, uh, a little bit has to do with that Mariota factor, you know, uh, what do you, what is the Titans going to get out of him? Um, I think that's the yeah, biggest question. Absolutely. Um, I like Mariota coming out. Uh, I liked him over Winston. Um, but, uh, He looks like the ultimate game manager, you know? Yeah. And it was so weird with their their head coaching deal, uh, Malarkey. Uh, Everybody was expecting him to get fired week 17. And then, no, we're keeping him. And then he ends up resigning. What a mess uh, that yeah. was! But they 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 went out and got Mike Vrabel, who's exactly what they do. You know, they are gonna pound the ball. They're gonna try and play hard nosed defense. I don't see them stretching the field that much. Um, they didn't bring in a mastermind offensive guy. They brought in a linebacker, an ex linebacker from the Ohio State. Uh, just had to throw that out there.
0: Um, <laughs> but All right, you're mean, never coming s- back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I still love Penn State too. You
1: know, Big Ten. <laughs> whatever that keeps me, you know,
0: we'll, we'll in, leave it at in, that. We'll yeah. At yeah. That. Um, but no, Corey
1: Davis prototypical. Uh, I just don't see them, you know, spread the field that much. I just don't see it. Uh, he's got all the intangibles. I mean, he's got good size. He's got good speed. He's got production. Um, but we have no idea, you know, he's yeah. a guy i take a flyer on, you know, cause I like what he's made of right? Uh, by his measurables, but we have no idea. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, I think the encouraging thing is that they didn't bring back Eric Decker and they really don't have any other wide receiver pieces around Richard Matthews or Davis. So that I think that tells us that they're putting a lot on Davis's shoulders and they expect him... I mean, heck, they, I, I think I correct myself from earlier. I think I said they drafted him fifth. I can't remember if it was fourth or fifth, but I know it was one of those two picks last year.
1: Yeah, but I yeah th- I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, but, but the point is, you know, They're obviously putting a lot on his plate and they want to. So it's just a matter of how many targets can he get in that offense? You know, I don't think he's going to be a guy who gets 120 or 130 targets. So, you know, how many passes can he realistically catch? And I think where he's going to probably do a lot of his work is like he did it in college, is is in the red zone and and catching a lot of touchdown passes. I think that, you know, that's where they're going to have to be. an efficient offense, they're gonna to have to run the ball and they're gonna to have to give him opportunities and, and throw shots at him in the red zone. Cause I just don't see him being an eighty or ninety catch guy. I maybe I'm wrong, but I I mean I, I just, in that offense it's almost kind of like the Dez effect where you catch like sixty five to seventy five balls, but you you have a chance at like ten or eleven touchdowns. You know what I mean?
1: I was just going to say, you know, there's no problem with being a 65 catch guy, you know, uh, and he's got the size to pull in maybe 10 touchdowns if Mariota can throw him. Right. Um, but you know, you touched, you just touch base on it. You know, he's going to have ample opportunities. Uh, who's who's running that offense? You know, who who's getting the ball up the field? Who's somebody's got to catch balls? You know, him and Delaney Walker. Um, and forgive me, I think he's still with Tennessee, right? Yeah, he was like, a free agent. He's
0: like 47 years old, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's them two are the only playmakers. I mean, you, you went out and got Dion Lewis. Uh, you still got Derrick Henry. Demarco's gone. Uh, somebody has to put up numbers in that offense, and I—that's w- why I said I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Corey Davis. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the upside. Uh, he tore it up at Western Michigan, and uh, somebody's got to catch the ball. Somebody's got to get
0: get stats. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Somebody has to catch the ball in that offense. Uh, you know, we know Mariota likes Richard Matthews, and they've had a pretty good. Uh, you know rapport between them. I I think Davis is going to step up a little bit more this year. I'm really just hoping that he can he can come on. All right, let me let me ask you this. So so rank these guys. I want you to rank these guys in a dynasty keeper draft. Mike Williams, Corey Davis, John Ross, DJ Moore. Rank those guys one through four for me. Uh,
1: DJ Moore, Mike Williams. Uh, Corey Davis, John Ross. Um, I love DJ Moore. I wanted him in the draft really bad. Uh, I love his build. I, he's not over six foot. He's 5'10", 215, 220. He's built like a running back. Um, but the dude's a playmaker. Um, and I, I like, there's no, Carolina got rid of Kelvin Benjamin. They got what, Devin Punches there, Curtis Samuel.
0: Yeah, You know, not not a I lot. Had,
1: not a lot there, um, and Cam's not going to go out and throw for five thousand yards or forty five hundred. But hey, you know he can sling it, you know. Uh, and uh, I, I like DJ Moore a lot. Um, I I would have taken him as my number one wideout this year. Uh, I was hoping that he'd slip to the second. Browns would get him with the, you know, first pick in the second. Didn't work out. But um, I love DJ Moore. Uh, Mike Williams. Uh, I just love that situation in San Diego. Um, now for a dynasty purpose. I'm not
0: too sure. Cause we don't Rob know Phillip how much rivers. longer Philip rivers is going to play. Absolutely. And, uh, he's kind of
1: competing. You know, you got Tyrell Williams, you got, uh, Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen. Nobody's taking his spot, you know, but right. I think, I think Mike Williams can maybe eat into the Tyrell's and, and Travis Benjamin's workload. Um, but I love his size. Well, uh, let's,
0: let's work. actually, yeah. let's transition there. So I, I want to talk about Mike Williams next. Um, just a little bit, a quick note on him from OTA. So he didn't practice during OTAs last week due to a hamstring strain. I, this is disappointing for me because I'm I'm really whole. I, I'm with you on this, Haas. I really like Mike Williams, and I think he could do big things in that offense, you know, playing as the X receiver, looking at some of his film last year. Absolutely. Look, he's 6'4", 220. He played a lot on the outside. Now we know how much, you know, Phillip Rivers loves to work the middle of the field to, you know, to work it to Keenan Allen, to work to his tight ends. We know that Hunter Henry's not going to be there. There's not going to be a probably not going to be a super stable tight end situation. But a lot of what I saw from Mike Williams on film last year was he worked the middle of the field really well. And he did that at Clemson too. He's a guy who can he's not really fast, ran like a four, six forty, but he's big and <laughs> physical. So he's somebody that can give you a lot of value in the red zone. But he's also somebody who runs some good you know in in cut routes some digs some you know some skinny posts things like that so i think that him and rivers showed a little bit of rapport last year when you know when he was able to get on the field but there's a lot to compete with there still right i mean keenan allen tyro williams Tra- travis benjamin's kind of got his own role carved out he's kind of a you know yeah he's the one trick hitter. pony yeah. yeah you
1: know uh tyro williams is a little bit he does a little bit of everything you right know? um I think that's his main competition. I just think Mike Williams is way more talented. I agree. Than Tyrell, uh, I like Tyrell. I think he's he's decent. Um, but uh, I think Mike Williams. You mentioned it. He likes to work across the middle in that six five frame. You know, uh, not a burner, but I think he, he's underrated. Quick, you know, uh, playmaker at Clemson. I, what held? He had that hamstring injury last year. That's what held him out all last year, right?
0: Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I can check on that, but.
1: I feel like it was it was a bad strain, and we knew it going into last year's draft. Um, so everybody kind of stayed away from him. And but uh, and he had what he broke his neck in Clemson. He hit, he ran into the goalpost. Just freak injury right there. But uh, I love Mike Williams, and I love that situation with Philip Rivers. Uh, I just think he's too talented to not be on the field if he's healthy. I love him. Uh, I had him second ranked to DJ Moore. More than Corey Davis and more than John Ross. But uh no, I'm all in. I, I, I'm a believer.
0: So one thing to look at, especially in redraft leagues, a tough schedule down the stretch, at least hypothetically right now, week 13 at Pittsburgh, week 14 home against Cincinnati, week 16 home against Baltimore. So that's right in the middle of your fantasy playoffs. Just something to keep in mind, probably not right now, because you like I said, you're probably still in dynasty mode. But when we get closer to August, and we're looking at matchups down the road. Something to keep in mind, those are three defenses that were in the top 10 in passing, or at least, you know, versus number one wide receivers versus receivers as a whole. Uh, just something to keep in mind. Haas, true or false, Mike Williams is going to lead the Chargers in receiving touchdowns this season?
1: I just have to go false. Um, Who's it going to be? I, You know, Keenan Allen, I wish he'd catch more touchdowns, and I wish I could easily say him. Um, it's kind of up in the air, but just the numbers-wise, uh, uh, I'm not a betting man, but I just have to bet against him with all the all the names there, you know, who he's competing against, if he's going to be healthy, if he's
0: going to at the There's too many variables to absolutely bet on him. I, Would you I go, over him. I'd go over or under five? I'd go over. Over under Seven.
1: All
0: right, now you're just, you know, you're toying with um <laughs> Okay, I'll stop. Seven and a half. <laughs> I'll
1: take the over, and that's it. Uh, All right. But I love Mike Williams. Well,
0: I do. You can bet on that now, too, since, you know, sports gambling is legal now.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Which is
0: a nice thing. It's actually, it's um,
1: actually great. It makes Sundays even that much better. Changed,
0: yes, exactly. Uh, okay, in, in terms of Dynasty Draft, I, I wanted to stack – Mike Williams up against a couple guys that I had in mind, Calvin Ridley being one of them. Would you rather have Mike Williams or Calvin Ridley in a dynasty keeper draft?
1: That's actually a great question. Um, It's really close. Uh, I'd have to lean Calvin Ridley just because of, and Matt Ryan's not, you know, a young, young buck anymore, but I really don't know how long Phillip Rivers has. And with Calvin Ridley having Julio Jones on the other side, Somebody able to, you know, you're putting a double on Julio. It's going to open it up for it. Open it up for Sanu, and I don't think Sanu is is all that athletic. Nearly as athletic as Calvin Ridley. So I take Calvin Ridley, um, and he's not a young rookie either. He's he's a little bit older. Um, so I think he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, I would I would go Calvin Ridley.
0: Okay, and then. The other guy that I had here, Williams or Chris Godwin, who I'm actually really high on. I think he's going to have a—I'm hearing really good things from Chris Godwin out of Bucks camp, but who would you rather have in this situation?
1: I'm actually glad you're really high on him. I am—I love Chris Godwin, and I know you're
0: probably not just high on him just because he went to Penn State, but— I'm just high on him because I'm hearing awesome things. I, uh—
1: I loved Godwin coming to the draft um, and I'm so disappointed that he went to the box. Um, I take Mike Williams. Um, I don't think Chris Godwin knows who his future quarterback is. Um, that's just me throwing it. I don't think James Winston is, I don't, I, I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's talented enough. Uh, I don't see it. I'm taking uh I'm taking Philip Rivers and Mike Williams, and with Rivers long in the tooth, I'm still taking Mike Williams.
0: I would probably go that route too, just because I, I still think that Mike Evans is, you know, probably going to be there for a while. So yeah. we don't know, you know, is Chris Godwin's upside with the Bucks just a number two receiver on that team? And and Mike Williams, we know he has the capability of being a number one receiver, just solely off the the size, the talent where he was drafted. How they feel about him as a player. Right. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. our number, he was number eight in last year's draft. We know about what he did with the Panthers in the passing game last year, but only 3.7 yards per carry. He had single digit rushing yards in three games. He only had double digit carries in three games. Uh, the high was 15 for him. So, kind of hoping to get a little bit more out of, you know, the running game this year from Christian McCaffrey, we know he's not going to be an a, a three down back in between the tackles. We know he's going to make his money catching the ball out of the backfield. And it seems like, and I actually was impressed. I didn't think that him and cam would click as well as they did. Cause to this point, cams never really had a, a running back like him, but it, that seemed to work. So Haas, I how do you feel about McCaffrey's value as a runner? Do you think that, we can get a little bit more out of him in year two as a guy, maybe in between the tackles or even running the ball outside the tackles?
1: No. Well, I had a hard time with Christian McCaffrey last year. Um, I think, but they used him you hit it right on the, right on the head with cam. I was skeptical on how them two are going to kind of going to jive. Um, but there were games where he gets six balls caught before halftime. You know, they, and that's the difference with these guys. You have to scheme them the ball. Um, and you just, when they get into the league, you don't know if an offensive coordinator is going to do that or not. Um, but, no, I think they used him perfectly. Um, I, I don't think he can bank. He was a workhorse at Stanford. Um, but in the pros, I, I don't see it. Uh, I see him outside the tackles. But he's going to make his his bread and butters with the, out of the, the passing game, out of the backfield. Um, I think they used him perfectly. I, I wouldn't see a huge raise in, in production uh just by rushing attempts or anything like that. Because they even J Stu's gone, but they wouldn't pick up CJ Anderson. Um, I mean I could see him getting a couple more carries because I don't think anybody can be sold on CJ Anderson. <laughs> um, just my opinion. But um okay. yeah I think they used him great and uh they should you know keep him right around that level.
0: Yeah I feel like CJ Anderson's work could really mirror Jonathan Stewart. Because right. honestly at this point I, I would actually prefer CJ Stewart Anderson over Jonathan Stewart, I don't know about you, but I mean, Jonathan Stewart's kind of up there in the range of, you know, Frank Gore, I don't know how old he is at this point, but I feel, I I almost put him on the same kind of like seniority level as Frank Gore. Do you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) It it seems like that, you know, and Frank Gore was better than, than all these guys, you know, back in the day, he's had, and he had both his knees, you know, ECLs. he's had a ton of injuries, even back to his Miami days, but he was a stud. Uh, yeah, compared to Jonathan Stewart, and I—I I, I I hate to knock Jonathan Stewart, um, and I take CG Anderson over Jonathan Stewart, uh, too. Uh, I think Jonathan Stewart's been over the hill here for a couple of years. Um, I
0: agree,
1: but I think yeah. C.J. Anderson will have that same role as, as Stewart.
0: Yeah. So McCaffrey, eighty catches last year, trailed only Kamara and and Levy on. Um. So true or false here? Do we think that Christian McCaffrey? is going to have 150 carries this season. He had 117 in his rookie season. True or false?
1: I will say false. I think a minor increase, uh, but not 150. It's
0: like 125, Um, 130, you think?
1: I like that 125, 130 range. I mean, even Kamara got 120 carries, and we're going to see that go up with Ingram being up the the first four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's at least going to go up. But I like him in that 125, 130 range
0: how do you, uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about his sorry to cut you off how do you feel about his catches do you think that's going to stay in the 80 mark so it, i mean kind of factoring the numbers he had 197 total touches in his rookie season do you see him going over or under that I, i'm going to put it at 220 so let's say 220 touches do we think we get over or under for McCaffrey at 220
1: I think it's close, um, but I mean, it's hard to it's hard to gauge. You know, ninety catches from a, a running back. You know, that's hard to project. Um, I would take the under of two twenty. Um, yeah, just uh, if I was a bet man, I'd take the under,
0: um, okay. just barely, uh, but not too far off. I'd like to keep him right at like a little bit over two hundred. You know, okay. What Would you say one ninety seven last year? Yep. Yeah, I'd like to keep him
1: right in that range. Maybe you know, a couple more, a little bit over two hundred, but not two
0: twenty. Okay, so we like McCaffrey, uh, for a little bit of an uptick in carries this year. Um, not sure about the production. We're hoping to get a little bit more from that three point seven yards per carry, but probably right in that same range of of catches for McCaffrey again this year. Um, I would ex- I would expect that as well. On to, and we're gonna keep it moving here. On to our last guy who might be I was really intrigued by Mike Williams but this might be my, my number 2 in terms of you know somebody that I'm really intrigued by and that's John Ross. Now I don't want him to do well because I I shouldn't say I don't want him to do well because you know he's in the Steelers division and you probably feel the same hos cuz he's in the Browns division but from a fantasy perspective for fantasy owners who maybe maybe last year went all in on John Ross because they saw him as a top 10 pick a guy who ran a 42240 it can take the top off of a defense almost kind of like a Deshaun Jackson in a way. guys that went all in on him in Dynasty Keeper Leagues last year, you know, what are we telling those people? Are are you giving up on John Ross at this point? Is he just too beat up? I mean two, you know, torn labrums in both shoulders, ACL tear, a couple of meniscus tears. Um how do we feel about him long term?
1: I don't feel great about him. Um I didn't feel great about him Going into the year, I mean, I know he was getting all that hype coming in the draft season. Um, but, man, and he was exciting to watch at Washington, but you had to scheme him the ball. They did a lot of bubble screens, uh, just a lot of screens in general just to get him the ball, which Washington should do. You know, you got your best player. You got to give him the ball. Find a way to get him the ball. Um, but, boy, all that injury. And, boy, he is not – he does not have a thick frame. He's a small dude. Um, the 40 times, sure, but you got to be able – you got to have more talent than running just a straight line. Uh, I don't, I'm not at Bengals practice. I don't know his, his route tree, you know, how crisp his routes are, but I'm not, I'm not buying in. Uh, I, I don't blame you for buying in. Um, but am yeah. just not there.
0: I agree. I know. I agree with you though, because, you know, looking at some of his tape from Washington, we know how many touchdowns he scored. I think it was like it was something ridiculous. Like, 17 or 20 something touchdowns and like 120 some overall touches, which is, you know, just a crazy ratio. And we saw how, you know, freakishly quick and shifty and fast he was and how many different ways they used him. And I would love to see the Bengals try to, um, you know, kind of duplicate that somehow, you know, one thing that I, I noticed with him and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Look, I'm, I'm not, acting like I'm a pro scout here or anything. But one thing that I noticed, and I I didn't think he caught the ball that clean. I I didn't think he did well with contested balls. He had the third smallest hands, not to get into the whole hand size thing, because I think that's completely overblown sometimes because, you know, Russell Wilson had the biggest hands and he was a third round pick and that's why he's good and all that garbage. (laughs) But I I think in a way, you know, as a receiver, it kind of probably plays into it a little bit eight and three quarter inch hands, third smallest in last year's combine. Who knows if that goes into, you know, him a little bit struggling with, with some contested balls, but, and and like you said too, you know, he's not a big, not only is he not a big guy, but he's, he's not a physical guy either. And I worry about that, especially the fact that he's already had an injury past.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's scary, and like I and I don't want to compare these two players, but they were taken right around the same time, uh, draft position wise, and that's Tavon Austin. Um, you take a guy like Tavon Austin that
0: high, you have to scheme him the ball, and I never saw the Rams do it. You know, maybe it's a great point. Uh, maybe they maybe they didn't have the personnel to do it
1: because uh, I think Jeff Fisher was their coach. I, I I don't keep up with the Rams over these years, but maybe they had Sam Bradford still there. I doubt it. Um, Tavon seems too, too recent, but you got to scheme him the ball. That's on an offensive coordinator to get him in space. Uh, and they just never did it. Uh, and I, I think John Ross is a little bit better than Tavon Austin, but he's a guy you can't just throw it up to him. Like AJ green, go get it. You know? And plus you got Andy Dalton throwing him the ball. You know, Andy Dalton's not a top tier quarterback. You know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna overwhelm you with these crisp passes across the middle, thread needles, uh, I just, too many question marks for me. The injury history is scary, but yeah,
0: I yeah. too many questions. I, I think a lot of the skill is there, and obviously the athleticism is there too. Would like to see that come to fruition a little bit. Current ADP is late in the 15th round in a 12-team league, so you can get this guy pretty late. Now, in a dynasty draft, that's going to push it up a little bit, but um, I mean, in terms of Haas, in terms of, you know, some of the receivers from this year's class. Are you taking any – I'll just kind of run down this list. I want you to tell me, are you going to take any of these guys over John Ross in a Dynasty Keeper League? I know you're big on DJ Moore, so I'll start with him.
1: I'm taking DJ Moore.
0: DJ so Moore. No. Okay, how about Cortland Sutton? Uh, probably taking Cortland Sutton. James Washington.
1: Love the situation with Pittsburgh. Um, with Martavis Bryant gone, I mean, I know you got Juju. And AB's got to be around thirty. Um, I like the situation with James Washington. I'm taking James Washington.
0: Okay, I know you're taking Calvin Ridley over him. How about Christian Kirk or, Kirk or Anthony Miller?
1: Um, I'm probably taking. I was pretty high on Kirk. Uh, kind of, it was kind of early in the draft process, and then it kind of faded. Um, I, and I think with the draft process, people just kind of. They don't talk about them, and then you forget about them, but nothing's really changed because they're just wearing underwear and running 40 <laughs> times. So nothing really changes, but people just quit talking about you. But I, I, I like Kirk's situation uh, in Arizona. I know he got off the field, which was before the combine, but uh, you know, Fitzgerald's a little bit older. Um, you got Josh Rosen in there now. Somebody's going to have to grow, grow with him together. Um, I'm taking Kirk. I'd probably take John Ross over Anthony Miller. And it's just because he plays for the Bears, and I do not believe in the Bears'
0: offense. <laughs> right. So we we yeah we know you don't like Mitch Trubisky at this point. I'm a little bit higher on him than you are, but again, what we saw from his rookie season, totally new weapons. So we'll kind of have to. It's kind of a wait and see thing with him still. Yeah, um, and I
1: hate to bash him. I do. Um, <laughs> that's but okay. We're gonna no, find that, out early.
0: Hey, if you you want to bash him, dude, go ahead no, and bash. I don't. Him. He's
1: a menor kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stick up for him. Uh, he, right. He, he can make a huge jump this year. I'm not saying he won't. Uh, I'm hoping he does. I just I from what I've seen, I don't
0: see it. Yeah. But
1: time will tell. You know, I'm rooting for
0: him. Yep. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for our first part of our sophomore players. So, I want to touch on some guys in the back half of the 2017 first round draft as well. Uh specifically some of the tight ends. So, next podcast, probably the next one or the one after, I don't want to promise anything because I might jump back to, um, you know, our, our dynasty draft and kind of recap that some more. But just you know, for all our listeners, I, I just want to let you know we are going to talk about some of the tight ends. I want to touch talk on about Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, sorry. I want to talk about David Njoku, um, and you know, just some of the other guys that you know at that position. Some of the young guys at that position. OJ Howard was the other one I was thinking about. Um, I think there are a lot of question marks around those three guys specifically. So we'll jump into that in a future podcast, but, uh, Haas, I I would just want to say, thank you, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing this with me. I really appreciate it.
1: No man. Thanks for having me. I I loved it. I love fantasy football. And yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Are you going to come back?
1: Oh, absolutely. You want to have me back? Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, you know, here's, so here's the thing with Haas. So, We we were at a party. (laughs) This This, this was probably this this probably a couple months ago. Now we were at a party, and and everybody's like downstairs, you know, playing flip cup or beer pong or something. And I think we were just talking about football for about an hour straight. And I realized that Haas was one of the few guys I knew that could actually, you know, just keep going and going. And I most people (laughs) like just kind of tap out not not because of i'm some you know like know everything person but i will just keep talking it, whether i know what i'm talking about or not and Haas was is <laughs> going right with me so I, I i admired that man i thought that was awesome
1: yeah no i uh <laughs> you know my fiance julie she gets pretty upset when uh, all i do is talk about sports but uh no i'm passionate about it i i love it um i'm in nba finals right now mode but uh yeah, I
0: can't wait for football season. Uh, yeah. But
1: no, I can talk football. Um, and I was pleading my case with you, Baker Mayfield.
0: We'll talk about this off the air, okay? Are
1: we going to do a Baker Mayfield tribute? Maybe. Pod?
0: Maybe. We maybe. <laughs> we'll right. give him a burial session, too, after the Steelers, you know, hand, oh, oh hand it God. to him twice a year for the next how many years? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be shocking. You <laughs> know what I mean? Okay. All right, well, we got to sign off. Haas, thanks again. Uh, pad the stats, you know, again. I I, I would love for you to come back again. We'll we'll get you back on the show. Um, Hey, everybody go check us out. Twitter at pad, the stats still working on the website construction. So that'll come, you know, whenever here in the near future, but uh, yeah, go give us a follow. I'll have the podcast up here. If not tonight, then definitely tomorrow morning at some point. So um, go ahead and look out for that and everybody have a good night. Signing off. See you later.